G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And it's great to catch up on a Friday with Bill Muhlenberg. How are you doing, brother? Hey, very well, thanks. It's great to hear from you. I love getting that email early on a Friday and seeing all the latest blogs you've been writing. And I see that you've uh, done a, a great article about a brave and biblical church leader, Glenn Davies from the Anglican Church in Sydney, uh, tell us uh, your thoughts on his latest statements that are all over the news. <laughs> yeah, he certainly had a big run. Obviously, <laughs> those who agree with him were quite happy. Those who disagree were quite unhappy. But uh, I think he was a absolute champion. He did something you almost never hear a church leader or pastor do. Namely, he said, look, uh, if you want to be a part of this church, we expect you to be part of... Well, biblical faith, biblical belief, biblical practices, if you don't hold to the clear teachings of Scripture, you may want to find a different church. But here, you know, we do uphold God's values. So certainly on issues like homosexual marriage, if you think that is just peachy, well, we don't, and you may need to find another church home. That's... uh, uh, pretty rare to hear somebody say something like that. Usually it's the other way. You know, come to our church, doesn't matter what you believe, what you do. You know, we take everybody just as you are and you can stay just as you are. So that was quite a contrast from this church later. I was driving yesterday and uh, I was in an area where I couldn't pick up Vision Radio, so I flicked over to the AM talkback stations, which sometimes I regret. Uh, but they were talking about. Glenn Davies from the Anglican Church, and uh, a guy rang up and he said, mate, I reckon good on him for saying that if you're with us, you've got to believe what we believe, otherwise go off and start your own church. He said, it's like if I wanted to join the local footy club and then I wanted to change all the rules, they'd kick me out, wouldn't they? (laughs) And I thought, that's a great analogy, a great Aussie way of putting it, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. If you uh, want to become a member of the Geelong Football Club, you don't start importing uh, rugby union uh, rules or (laughs) Tennis Australia rules. You've destroyed the entire sport. If you make it up as you go along, it's the same with the Christian faith. If you want to be a member of God's body, you got to do it God's way. He's let the rules uh, be quite forthright, uh, pretty clear what he expects of believers. And so, yeah, if you want to make it up and do something else, well, maybe you need to go elsewhere. Mm. And as I did say in my article, uh, there is a difference between church membership and simply visiting a church. Sure, obviously any non-Christian should be welcome to come visit a church, hopefully hear the gospel, be, uh, you know, convicted about his own lifestyle and... uh, turn to faith in Christ, that's uh, open to anybody. But when it comes to actual membership, uh, that includes stuff like church discipline. You, uh, you know, follow the rules, in this case, the Bible, and if you uh, want to disobey the rules, well, then there should be some kind of discipline mechanism in place. So we need to keep these distinctions. The church is open to anyone, at least as far as visiting 
but certainly if you want to become a member and become part of that church, uh, adhering to clear biblical teaching is at least the first step. And, you know, it's, uh, it's fascinating seeing the great divide in many churches these days. We, we know that uh, there's many uh, liberal left-leaning churches that have uh, said, yep, yeah, we're, we're going to support gay marriage, we're going to have gay ministers, we're going to have gay pastors and leaders and priests and whatever, you know. And, um, you know, it's, it's really quite clear these days that th- there is a great falling away, there is a great apostasy, there are churches that are saying, no, we're going to believe what the world says, not what the Word says. It, it just baffles me that, you know, these people just don't read their Bibles, Bill. What's going on? Well, that's it. They're certainly not reading the Bible. They've replaced the Gospel of Mark and Luke with the Gospel of uh, trendy uh, uh, secular activism, and uh, that's always a recipe for disaster. Mm. And I, I do really want to just say that I d- I'm very grateful for the Sydney Anglicans, uh, my brother actually came to faith uh, at uh, Sydney University through one of the Sydney Anglicans uh, preaching the gospel. Yeah, wow. uh, they're very evangelical, and it's yep. uh, it's wonderful to see that they're standing up for, for biblical truth, eh? Absolutely. Mm. Now, uh, one of your other blogs you've written this week is uh, a very important topic, the escalating war on religious freedom. Uh, what's your latest take on that, mate? Yeah, well, as all of your listeners should know, Australia is certainly in the midst of this war. Uh, Almost every week we find more Christians losing their jobs, being fired, being fined, sometimes even jailed for simply affirming biblical beliefs. So there's a whole government inquiry going on at the moment about religious liberty. And uh, just interesting, a week ago, exactly, in America, the American Attorney General delivered an important speech on this very matter. He uh, is a Christian, and he's very forthright in his beliefs. So he went and spoke at a law school at Notre Dame, and he made the very strong case for the importance of religious liberty in the U.S. The Founding Fathers, many of whom were Christians, all knew that without religion, the Republic was not going to last long. You need a stable and a a citizenry which has got some character, some virtues and values. And again, the Founding Fathers said this kind of morality is not going to be possible without religion. So anyways, the Attorney General gave a great uh, speech, which I've quoted big hunks of in my recent article. And of course, right away, you think about, well, we've got... uh, an attorney general here by the name of Porter in the uh, Morrison government. It'd be kind of neat to see him come out with a similar sort of speech. We need to defend, as vitally important to any society, religious freedom, the rights of Christians especially, and others to be able to speak up about their faith and not fear losing their job or getting uh, the whole weight of government crushing upon them for simply following their conscience and their Bible. So uh, there's hope. If America can go down this path, hopefully Australia will follow suit. And we need to acknowledge that there are many cases that are being discussed. One of the most famous ones is the uh, the masterpiece cake shop owner, Jack Phillips. Yes. Um, I, I haven't actually caught up on the latest on that recently. How did what, What's the latest? How did that end? <laughs> Well, it seems like many of these to be ongoing. Uh, You'll get one court uh, exonerating the guy, and then another lawsuit or another complaint will be brought against him. So I think he's actually faced 
perhaps two or three at the moment. So many of these things, the other side just doesn't let go. It's a dog with a bone. They do want to silence Christians, and if they lose one area, they'll try another. So it's the same here. We've got the ongoing saga with Israel Falau, and there's many that you don't hear about. In fact, I'm privy to a number of more private cases that are just pretty much like the Israel Falau, people who've lost their jobs, whose professions have been terminated, simply because maybe putting on their own private social media pages things like marriage between a man and a woman, things like that. Mm. So it's a real need, both here and overseas, to get some kind of... Uh, clarity on this, the importance of freedom of religion, freedom of conscience, because it's all taking a hit big time in the West, and uh, as many Christians will tell you, they they know all about it. They've lost their job. They've lost their livelihood, Mm. and it's looking darker uh, as each new day passes. I've heard of a number of these cases, and I know the Australian Christian Lobby is working with many, many, many Mm. cases. Uh, One that I heard recently was a, a school teacher was told this boy thinks he's a girl, so you have to call him a girl from now on. Right. And he said, that's no, 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 that's not correct. We, we, this is a you know, five or six-year-old kid. You can't, you know, just because they're feeling that way, you know. And yeah. got sacked. Uh, oh, sorry, didn't get sacked. Got moved or got put on leave, you know, and yep. moved to another school. And now, now he's actually out of a job yeah. um, just because he stood up for his beliefs, you know. And there are so many more of these stories than, than what we'll probably ever hear of, Bill. But we've, oh, we've yeah. got to speak up for these things, don't we? Oh, there's heaps. Uh, It seems every week I'm doing a new story or two on these cases, whether it's the radical homosexual agenda or now, as you say, the radical trans agenda. Uh, Look, if people want to pretend they're a different sex from what they were born with, that's one thing, but you can't change your pronouns. I mean, you know, we uh, will have no more English language left if we start calling uh, black white and white black. This is just madness, and yet... Uh, people simply standing up for biology, for reality, they're finding themselves out of a job. So Mm. uh, things have gone mad in the last few years. And as you say, we've got to start standing up or we're going to lose it all. And I heard another story, uh, Bill, the other day that just sprung to mind. Uh, Excuse me while I deviate for a moment. But I, I heard a story about a guy somewhere in Europe that, wanted to identify as 20 years younger than what he actually was. <laughs> and I thought it was a joke. But this um, ABC radio presenter was saying, well, if that's the way he wants to identify, what's wrong with that? Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about whether, you know, ageism, you know. And yeah. they, they use this as, an op- as a platform to say, oh, we've, you know, we're, we're ageists in this country, you know. Yeah. But hang on, if you're 69, you're 69. Yeah. You can't exactly. act like you're 49. I, I mean... Know. Where's it going to end, Bill? Oh, it's madness. Well, what you do is you go to this ABC guy and say, look, I identify as an ABC radio presenter. (laughs) Hand me the microphone. I'm going to start talking. If he says, no way, you say, why not? I identify as this. Why are you such a bigot? Why are you discriminating against me? I mean, this is absolute insanity. Uh, And yet so many of our elites and leaders have fallen for hook, line, and sinker. mm. Well, before I get too carried away, let's move on to your next topic. Uh, I love the fact that you're so biblically based, Bill. You're always quoting God's Word. You're always pointing people back to the Scriptures. And we know it's the only sure foundation we have, uh, the the truth of God's Word. And uh, you've got a great blog uh, you've written about the parable of the sower. It's entitled, Test Yourselves to See if You're in the Faith. Just unpack that one for us, will you? Yeah, well, that verse, of course, if you know your Bible, comes from 2 Corinthians 
we are to examine ourselves, test ourselves, make sure we're the real deal. So in my daily reading, I again went through the uh, parable of the sower, although probably better called the parable of the soils because the the sower stays the same. The seed doesn't change. Don't worry about the weather. But it's the different types of soil that's being emphasized. Some are receptive to the seed or the gospel, and some aren't. So Jesus talks about three kinds of unreceptive soil, and he explains why. He first tells the masses the parable, and then he takes his disciples aside and actually explains to them to make it quite clear what's going on. So he talks about riches and the cares of the world or trouble and persecution. All these things come up, and quickly the seed, the gospel, does not take hold. In other words, you may have had an emotional experience at some gospel meeting 20 years ago, but as soon as things get a bit hot and heavy or as soon as you're you know, more worried about getting rich or making, uh, having the good life, uh, you basically turn from your faith. So uh, it's pretty clear in that uh, parable that Jesus wants us all to examine ourselves carefully. Do we really have the seed of the gospel properly implanted in our lives, or did we just have an emotional response way back when, and now you're living just as if you always have? So these kind of parables we all need to take quite seriously, we need to examine ourselves, test ourselves, right? We don't want to be in a morbid state of introspection constantly, but on the other hand, we don't want to be presumptuous. We don't want to assume simply because you did raise your hand at a meeting uh, that everything's fine and you're a Christian. We, uh, you know, we have those scary words from Jesus. Depart from me. I never knew you. There's going to be some real shocks uh, come that day, so we don't want to be in that crowd. And I love uh, the uh, the section of your blog there, Bill, where you, you tell a little bit of a joke uh, to get a point across. Uh, you talk about having a divided heart, like the girl uh, when a young man proposed. He said, darling, I want you to know that I love you more than anything else in the world. I want you to marry me. I'm not wealthy. I'm not rich. I don't have a yacht or a Rolls Royce like Johnny Brown, but I do love you with all my heart. And she thought for a minute and then replied, I love you with all my heart too, but tell me a bit more about Johnny Brown. <laughs> that's a great joke. But uh, the, the well, truth is there are many people that have divided hearts, don't they? Yeah, well, that's it. That's exactly what Jesus is getting at here. Where are your loyalties? Is it solely, supremely to Christ? Or, you know, uh, do you love the world more? Do you love uh, your career, your money, whatever it is? Uh, Jesus demands complete loyalty. He doesn't want a divided heart. So if we do see these signs of uh, division in our own loyalties, it's time to, you know, stop what you're doing. Maybe get on your knees before God and say, Lord, am I really yours? I'm not sure. Uh, I want to make sure that I've uh, really given my life to you. So that kind of advice is always worth taking. It's always worth even now. Stop what you're doing and spend a bit of time with God. Mm, so good, Bill. And I'm going to finish up with this uh, this last quote in your blog there from Richard Lovelace in 1990. He said, We need to challenge more and comfort less in our evangelism and discipleship. We need to make it harder for people to retain assurance of salvation when they move into serious sin. We need to tell some persons who think they've gotten saved to get lost. The Puritans were biblically realistic about this. We've become sloppy and sentimental in promoting assurance under any circumstances.
Uh, Bill, I just think there is uh, so much we can unpack in this. Uh, but let me just say, too, I, I personally have been convicted. You know, I'm an evangelist. I'm always giving people an opportunity to come to Christ wherever I travel. Um, I've, I've really felt a conviction that I need to make it very clear um, that when you come to Christ, you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. You've got to die to your um, personal uh, agenda, your own ways, and you've got to make Jesus Lord of everything. You, you can't have Jesus and this and that. It's got to be Jesus as Lord, not just Savior. And um, it's so important that we preach that full gospel, isn't it, Bill? Uh, it's absolutely vital. Mm. Uh, otherwise, we're going to have a lot of false converts mm. and a lot of scary uh, moments when we stand before the Lord one day. You don't want to be in that position, mm. so better get it right now. Mm. I'm feeling the conviction as I'm reading this blog today as well. Bill, uh, it's so good, mate, to, uh, to catch up with you again. If people want to find out more, they can go to BillMuhlenberg.com or CultureWatch.com. Uh, also on Facebook, they can connect with you there. Um, bless you, mate. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 